Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You need to know who you are and it might be that you need to hire somebody to help you figure that out. Mm. That's the most important thing. Who are you and who are you relevant to? Who would you like to be relevant to? My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. I am in Christchurch, New Zealand, celebrating the amazing women in tech here, and I'm so excited to be sitting with Margaret. Hello. How are you doing? So, so hyped because the culture that you guys have in New Zealand is like nothing else I've seen in any of the other countries we've visited. No, it's definitely, we have our own unique flavor and, and our own unique vibe, for yeah, sure. I mean, for, well, first of all, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell everybody who you are before we get started. Um, so um, my name's Margaret, and I own and partly run a games development company in Christchurch. Um, we create uh, games and apps for mobile console and PC, and we do VR content and augmented reality content as well. Um, some of our content is for just purely for fun and some of it's for more serious purposes like helping people with rehabilitation, all kinds of things. This is so cool. Okay, before we even get started into when you got involved in the tech world and how you started to build this company, tell me more about this balance thing that all the Kiwis believe in. That The whole work-life thing? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I've never seen it so aggressively strong in this country as any other country. I know, it's the whole laid-back thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me, like, how do you... How do you thrive in building a company in this culture and maintain that that priority of personal life and, and nature and grounding? Yeah, I don't know if you actually do. If you're the one actually building the company, I think it, we kind of don't get that balance all that right necessarily. But um, I think that that's just sort of part of the culture. It's just part of the deal. But if you have your own company, you, you don't really get that much balance. You're going to be working weekends. You're going to be working nights. You're going to be doing whatever it takes. It's so, it's so crazy because I went into one place a few weeks ago and immediate, and I was working and they're like, you're going to learn. You don't work past five o'clock. You don't work on weekends. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Am I offending you? Yeah. I've heard stories actually about, um, oh, people who've employed um, Chinese, you know, people from China, they've come over and they've expected to carry on working, you know, basically until something's done all night. And it's very, very hard for them to actually understand that, no, we stop at five and you go home and. And, and you go and hang out, you play with your kids or, you know, you do whatever, yeah. you go and have a drink. And sometimes I think it's a little, it's a it's a tricky thing for people to, to kind of get used to. Because in America, it's, I mean, polar opposite. I yeah. mean, just work till you lose everything and your sanity. <laughs> so do you think that it makes you 
a better entrepreneur by having the foundation of your culture encouraging balance? Oh, I don't know. I think it's it's always going to be about um, what you do, not how not how long you do it for. Mm. You know, yeah. you've got to be able to work smart. I don't know. I don't know if Kiwis are better at any than anybody else at working smart. We're we're pretty good at it. We've got some amazing companies and some amazing technology. Um, but I think that it, that balance thing is is super important, and I think there are probably lessons to be learned from both sides. Actually, it's so cool. Anyway, okay, let's yeah. get into it. <laughs> when did you first discover technology? How old were you? Oh, God. Um, well, I started playing like handheld video games when I was, I don't know, eight or nine. Um, I wasn't really interested in making games or anything like that. But Did your parents bring it into the house? No, no. I begged them to bring it into the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we didn't even really have TV. We weren't allowed to watch TV. It wasn't a thing. It was just not allowed. It was not considered really all that helpful. Um, but then I think as I grew up and I started being interested in more things that were related to technology. So not technology per se, but I was interested in design and I did some graphic design training and um, I was a rock guitarist and and played keyboards and so on. So that involved technology and and so on and so forth. So it kind of went from there. And then I co-founded a web design company and so on. So it was all things that were related to technology or that needed technology that captured my interest and kind of got me into tech that way. Nice. And then then when did you parlay it? from having it in your personal life into becoming a tech professional? Um, well, when I started the web design company, I learned, I taught myself HTML and CSS and all the sort of related things like that. So I was um, designing and developing websites. So that was way back, um, probably 2001, something like that. I and think we you, started. you taught yourself. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't really as it wasn't really as difficult as all that because at that point everything was fairly simple and fairly simplified. So, and nowadays it's a little simple more complicated. To you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. The thing is, I'm surrounded by complete brainiacs all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, where did you resource? I know some resources that exist out there are like Linda or or Hack Reactor as a programming school. Like, did you? That didn't what, exist at yeah. that point because that was really kind and of at the beginning. Nor of, did YouTube. Well, exactly. Yeah. So how did you, where did you access the library? HTML and CSS are fairly basic languages anyway. And I had some help, um, some mentoring and some help. So it wasn't as, it wasn't as um, traumatic as it would be these days. I still think without that online help, I still think you're wicked smart. Like (laughs) there's no way you're not wicked smart to have taught yourself all of that. I appreciate the resources that exist, but you know, I'm surrounded by so many huge brainiacs all day and I'm just, I'm just so small compared with that. (laughs) (laughs) And okay. So when did you start your company and, and tell us more about your company, what kind of clients you serve, where you are now um, in, in the growth of your company, where you want to go. Sure. Um, so Stickman Media actually started, uh, it's a different, it's a, um, an, an incarnation of another company which was called Stickman Studios and that began in 2007. My uh, business partner now co-founded that with someone else and that was, uh, they had a couple of console games that were really quite successful and it was just a, a very, very cool company. When we had the earthquakes, um, yeah. the building that the company was housed in, kind of didn't fare so well, and so a lot of testing equipment was trapped. Right. And so that meant that uh, the company really couldn't continue. But my business partner and I, Brooke, were friends. Um, We'd been working a little bit together on some music for a video game, Uh, and we decided that we'd like to 
restart a company basically and, and take that IP forward and, and make that IP. We're kind of in the middle of the beginnings of that now, like six or seven years later, it's taken that long. It always uh, takes long, <laughs> longer oh, than we'd like. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Everything takes longer. Um, so we started out with one client um, creating a – actually it was a web-based uh, app for her. Right. Um, and we kind of built it up from there. We started working at his kitchen table and uh, and built it out from there. We moved into Epic uh, six years ago, I think. And tell us about Epic, where oh, we're sitting right now. Yeah. Oh, Epic is a, just an awesome collaborative collaborative office space. So um, I think there are 20 companies here all with um, – their own office space, mm-hmm. um, shared kitchen, and it's and um, conference facilities, and it's just just a fantastic space. So there are companies here. There's so much collaboration that goes on. We collaborate with our next door neighbours to do web projects. Um, there's collaboration going on all over the building. It's just been fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. And okay, so continue forward, and then I mean, you got into augmented reality as well, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's a lot. So we do a lot. Share, we, yeah. We're all over the place. We do anything that's related to uh, games or apps. Some of what we do is really, really straightforward, not for entertainment purposes yeah. at all, not really that, you know, fun per right. se, um, but but has a, a real significant purpose. Um, some of it's just games. Um, somebody wants a game made, um, usually mobile or for Actually, we had a a, um, a TV show. They have a game that they actually play on the show for kids, nice. and they wanted that turned into a into a mobile game. So the other thing that we're doing to um, get ourselves out there at the moment, we're doing this cool thing where we're starting to stream on Twitch, which is the online um, place where people can view uh, gamers doing their thing. So I don't know how much you know about Twitch, but there are people out there playing, they're streaming live, and they're they're talking as they're doing it, and often swearing, and it's. Can, super entertaining, and and people pay to watch. And do you already have your Twitch channel? So we have a Twitch channel. We're Stickmen Media, and on that channel, we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. We're talking about uh, the game that we're developing after the light that I was just talking about, the zombie game, and we're kind of talking through the development of a game for people who are interested in that kind of thing. And we're going to be doing other cool stuff. We're going to interview people, and it's it's cool. It's fun. Awesome! Yay! What's one thing you would tell the person, the former you? who started your company that day, what would you tell her now? Oh, God, where to start? <laughs> um, it's going to take longer than you think, yeah. but you can shorten that time by getting a lot more help from outside. I think having really fantastic mentors is yeah. a really, really big deal. There was a lot that we didn't learn straight off the bat about marketing. New Zealanders are not great at selling ourselves. I know. Only Americans seem to be completely egotistical and boisterous. Oh, look. All other countries. <laughs> <laughs> but we could really learn from that. We really, really, really need to learn from that. You are that. not alone. <laughs> Every single country aside from where I'm from yeah. is like, oh, we need more marketing skills. Yeah, yeah. totally. And and we're, we weren't very good at um, – I think the deal is that you have to be marketing when you're most busy because mm-hmm. you're not going to be busy for as long as you think you are. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really kind of get the get the hang of that. We we really just needed more outside help. Yeah. That would be my biggest thing is just get outside yourself. And how I know even in the States, it's difficult to hire for marketing roles. Mm-hmm. People, unfortunately, in the world, they say they can do more than they actually can do. So what kind of um, insights would you give all of us on how to hire the right people or 
or maybe what you're going to utilize in order to uh, source the right people that you can count on? I think there's probably um, different people that you're going to want to work with along the way. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a bit of a journey. Um, you need to know who you are, and it might be that you need to to hire somebody to help you figure that out. Mm. That's the most important thing. Who are you and who are you relevant to? Who would you like to be relevant to? How do you want to be seen and by whom? And it's very difficult from inside the company to actually see all that stuff. So you need to have somebody who really actually gets you, who can ask the right questions um, and really pull some information out of you because you won't be seeing it. It's the wood for the trees paradigm. It's so interesting. You know, um, we're talking about mentors and marketing, and uh, I I recently got a mentor in the past year, and it's been truly incredible. But as you're talking, I realize how she she's helping me with marketing by helping me understand who I am. Exactly. Which is, is I never thought of her. She's not a marketer, you no, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a, a, a senior tech person yeah. that's teaching me how to be just more you know, insightful about how I make decisions, you know, and how to be a better leader. But I realize now as she's helping me recognize my identity and my strengths and what I want to stand for, it's coming across within my company. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's the secret. That's really the the whole point. If you don't know who you are, you don't know how to put yourself out there. Now, a lot of people have come to me and asked, how do I get a mentor or how do I even be a mentor? Do you have any kind of insights to that world? How do you get one? And then how do you be one? For us, it's been a lot about connections. In Christchurch, there are opportunities to have some co-funded mentoring mm-hmm. um, through various organisations. But for us, it's really been about connections and contacts that we've met along the way. Um, we've been really fortunate that we've been in this collaborative space. It's about not being isolated. You need to – there are always networks out there mm-hmm. um, who offer mentorship. There are people out there who consult um, and you need to be talking to absolutely everybody that you can who's relevant and that you like. You've got to get on with them. I think these are the benefits of joining like Epic or co-working spaces around the world or accelerator groups. If, oh, yeah. If you don't have the network yourself, they have the network for you and you could dive into theirs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have to talk about before we, we – I mean, we're not close to wrapping up the conversation, but before we even do Christchurch because I think this is a really cool city and it seems like – People have a perception of the city because of the earthquake a few years ago. Yeah. And <laughs> it's I'm become here. our identity. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm here, and I I think it's a really, really cool city and a great city to be an artist in and to grow in and to be part of the growth. It almost reminds me of the movement America's having with Detroit. Right, yep. yeah. Um, tell us, what is Christchurch really now? Well, Christchurch is... Do you know, I think that the earthquakes kind of opened up a whole lot of space, both physically and figuratively, right. for a lot of um, interests and people and ideas that maybe wouldn't have had space before. We lost a lot. We, like, we lost a lot. We lost a lot of history, a lot of fantastic architecture. But it's kind of opened up gaps for people to be as weird and wonderful and fantastic as they need to be. Yeah. And that's that's really starting to take shape. And it's, just, it's fantastic. We're starting to see this real acceleration and buildings going up and and people starting to kind of come back into the middle of the city and settle down a wee bit. I love it. I went to um, the the little, what's it called? Little Eatery? Little High. Or Little High. Yeah, right next door. One of the, I'll miss it forever. Yeah. It's one of the coolest, am I really next door to that? I yeah, don't you know. Are. Yeah. But it's one of the coolest eateries. I mean, 
amazing food, amazing energy, live music. Yeah, it's you get amazing. to choose from tons of different types of food. I had the best pizza I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> um, and then I also went to Littleton. Yeah. Um, and there was this comic book shop. I don't know if you've been in Littleton. I have not. I, I don't actually know what the name of the comic book shop. I call it like like Comic Cafe because <laughs> but it was, I have been there. Is it I actually Comic have. Cafe? I can't I remember, but I was called. actually there last weekend. Yeah, it, yeah, and it has a garden up top. Yeah, and so, it's so cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> it, I just places like that make me feel like the the city, and that's just like a small sampling, but it makes me feel like the. The city wouldn't have that level of quality unless it's like thriving and it's it's yeah. bursting at the seams and it's it's creating something. It's truly really starting to feel yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of starting to feel like the unusual can kind of break through now. Yeah, yeah. And so, what's next for your company? Where do you want to go from here? So, what we're doing at the moment is we're making a transition from doing exclusively um, contracts for other people mm-hmm. to doing what we had always planned to be doing, which is doing our own IP, creating our own games. So right. uh, we have a big IP that we want to create that's like millions and millions of dollars worth. Congratulations. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, we're taking the first step in that and we're creating a game called After the Light, which is um, it's a zombie game. It's going to be for um, PC and virtual reality. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's basically killing waves of zombies. It's, it is so much fun. Uh, it's kind of an enclosed spaces. It's in a cave system and it's, it's beautiful and it's fun. It awesome. is the most fun to shoot zombies. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and how can people connect with you to, to say hello and to discover more? Oh, cool. Um, well, you can visit our website, which is under construction or reconstruction at the moment. Uh, cause it's very out of date, but will be updated very soon. So, uh, www.stickmenmedia.com. Can you spell that for us? S T I C K M E N M E D I A.com. Awesome. <laughs> and then your email or social media. Sure. So we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter and, um, my email address is Margaret at stickmenmedia.com. Perfect. And, um, but oh, I was going to say, I hear that a lot actually with like design agencies or like development firms that they always work on their own site last. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a it's a consistent thing I'm yeah. finding. It's like, oh my gosh, don't judge us on our site because we always. I know it's it's like the mechanic that turns up the uh, the sound, turns up the the volume on the stereo if there's a noise happening. It's like, oh, have time to deal with that. <laughs> um, okay, one last question. What is a challenge that you've had in, uh, in being an entrepreneur, being in a woman in tech that you've successfully overcome and how? I don't know if there are specific um, challenges for me as female in tech. I have absolutely no oh, idea. I don't mean a female in tech. Okay. I just mean in tech. In general. It's um, true. I don't even identify as a woman in tech, so I shouldn't have phrased it that way. But No, yes, but it's, just, a, it's a thing at the moment, so it's it's a question that gets off asked yes, a lot. Yes, yeah. and that wasn't my intention. Yeah, yeah, no, I just mean being a founder, being in technology. Yeah. Probably. Um, in New Zealand, it's relatively difficult to get investment. Um, in the long run, that's probably worked out for us really, really well because we've kind of had to do things the hard way and we've learned really a lot more than we ever would have. Um, but that's probably one of the most difficult things. New Zealand, it's, it's difficult to get investment. Is it because they're, the investors aren't here? Is it because they don't trust technology? They prefer other types of businesses? What is it, do you think? Well, we are a little bit isolated um, from the rest of the world, but becoming less so. And certainly it's not true to say that nobody invests in New Zealand tech companies from overseas because yeah. that's absolute nonsense. But right. 
Um, we are kind of a long way away. Um, New Zealand investors, there are plenty of them around and there are plenty who do invest in tech for sure and it's fantastic. Um, and there's also perhaps a degree of um, we haven't been doing this for very long and our investor mm. community hasn't been around for very long necessarily exactly. either. So there's a certain degree of caution and conservatism as well around that. It's interesting. And, and like in Europe, um, I find that investors feel safer investing in traditional businesses like restaurants and stuff like right. that. And then in Los Angeles, we're having the same thing. Invest not the same, a different, different but same. Um, we have a hard time getting the larger money. So we have seed covered, but then we don't right. have series A, B, C, D, yeah. C. And so it's interesting, depending on the geography, there's always some story behind it. And so all of us have to figure out, you know, how Silicon Valley yeah. got all the money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, it's weird, right? At the moment, everything here is about SaaS, so services, software as a service. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the big thing. Yeah. And if you're not quite that, then it looks possibly like a little bit too much of a risk. And if you had one ask of the community listening right now, something they could do to support you in your success and celebrate you forward, what would that ask be? Oh, man. Wow. Cool. Come and visit us on Facebook or on Twitter or say hello. Email me, whatever. Happy to happy to get in contact. We work with people all around the world. We do projects all around the world. Um, love to say hello. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Thank you for having me. You've been awesome. Margaret trusted me when she was like, what is this corny girl up to from the <laughs> States with her radical dude accent. And uh, I'm so grateful that you spent the time hanging out with us and inspiring everybody listening. Oh, it's been super fun. Thanks very much for having me. Of course. <laughs> Bye. Talk to you guys. See you guys. Hear you guys in the next episode. Remember to say hello at Women in Tech Show on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Bye. UpGuard, one of my favorite companies in Mountain View, combines asset discovery, security ratings, and vendor questionnaires for the only complete cyber risk solution. Not only do they keep us safe online, they empower women in tech internally. They focus on hiring female engineers to make sure that we rise to the top. So I welcome you to take a look at their job opportunities from Mountain View to New York, New York to Sydney, Australia. They are a company worth exploring. Their mentorship culture is magnetic. Mention the Women in Tech podcast when you apply. Just as they celebrate women in tech, we want to celebrate you too. So make sure to let us know when you've reached out to UpGuard and we'll make sure to feature you on the Women in Tech social channels. We believe in you. UpGuard.com. Visit them for yourself. You'll see exactly what I mean. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support Women in Tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.